Yes, we've all had to look at our strategies as a community channel or as a channel we invest in. But um, you know, we're, 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 seeing, we're seeing the return to audiences and we call that the new normal. I mean, I think if we keep talking about pre-pandemic levels, when will the new normal return? Hello everyone, it's Omar Oaks, editor of The Media Leader. And today on the podcast, we have Dallas Wiles, who is UK CEO of JC Deco, the outdoor media company. Well, actually, he's co-CEO. Um, JC Deco loves making two people the CEO for some reason, and we'll get into why that is in the interview. Um, I spoke to Dallas after JC Deco gave its annual upfronts, where they talked about why 2023 is going to be the year of the public screen. 2022 was obviously a big year for out of home with people returning to normal lives after getting the COVID vaccine. Um, Although not everyone, by the way, um, you can listen to our first episode of the Media Leader podcast where we talk to people part of the forgotten 500,000 families in the UK who still can't get the vaccine and are still isolating after all this time. But yeah, for most people, We're going out again, we're going to restaurants, we're going to shops, workplaces, and this is the first year where we're getting real data on what, what do you want to call it, the new normal, the changing behaviour seems to be. So, I asked Dallas Wiles what JC Deco is seeing in terms of outdoor audiences coming back to what they were or not, and how this audience behaviour might have shifted. Um, We also talked about how this idea of the public screen becomes different if people, frankly, aren't consuming outdoor media in the same way anymore. But, I started off by asking Dallas Wiles, what does being a co-CEO involve exactly? Yeah, interesting question, to be honest. Um, I suppose there's someone else in the trenches that has got your back and is helping you navigate a business, um, set an agenda for a business. Um, it's quite common in our business at JC Deco to have um, joint CEOs or co-CEOs. Um, and I suppose what it does do is gives the two of you the opportunity to focus on your maybe the strengths and keys, facets that you've been part of the business um, and drive, you know, consideration and um, consistency across your your part of the business. But there's always someone who you can sound check, ask questions, and, you know, but like I said, have someone who can um, bounce a few ideas. So um, it's not as lonely as running a business on your own. It's quite nice to have someone else that you can check that you are in the right, in the right frame of mind. And, you know, Chris, my, my other co-CEO at JC Deco is very good at, you know, listening and, um, you know, sometimes just taking the heat uh, for me or listening to some of the challenges or problems I've had. Yeah, um, as you say, JC Deco does have um, a, a history, a track record of having co-CEOs, even at the top of the global business. And um, you actually, your your predecessors, um, you inherited a co-CEO structure. But how, do, how does it work? How do you split responsibilities between yourself and Chris Collins? So um, if I start off with Chris, uh, so Chris's key focus is the partnerships with our landlords and our cities, so our commercial partners from a product point of view. Um, he also is responsible for um, the finance side of the business. Um, and, um, you know, he, he makes sure that also, you know, the technical and the product that is delivered to the street um, is to the high standards that we, we, we focus on as a business globally. Um, from my point of view, is um, my responsibility within the business is our people function, um, and then the sales and marketing function, which I'm also responsible for. 
but then supporting the um, technical infrastructure from our programmatic um, positioning in the UK. So um, quite quite separate, but there is an overarching um, shared responsibility between both of us because they all intertwine and link with each other. Okay. Well, it's obviously been uh, an important year for Outdoor 2022 with um, coming out of the coronavirus pandemic and all the lockdown restrictions we had for the two years previously. Um what a what a firstly how has the business changed i suppose from the beginning of the pandemic to this year and what have you been up to since that footfall has returned and life has returned to normal or normalish i suppose yeah it's definitely been a busy <clears throat> nearly 3 years shall we say from a covid point of view is um the business has changed significantly from a people point of view is based on the agility um, and the new ways of working you know we've all some of us are used to maybe hybrid working in some other you know some other um, companies and some other organizations but it was fairly new for us as an industry um, so that flexible agile working has been um, really a, a key thing and key change for us I suppose part of that was we had to look at how we invest in our people for the future you know we needed to make sure that we had you know new skills and new talent within the business um, in order to be agile and work with that new way of working and the agile working um, that we're all experiencing. This year has been particularly you know, busy. Um, we got out of 2021 um, hoping that COVID and the world of stability would continue. And the first half of the year was a, a, a fairly you know, a decent position for out of home. Um, but what we've continued to do is um, invest in product. Um, and the reason why we've continued to invest in our product is that um, we see the, the reason why digital capabilities and out of home are important. Um, and the reason why I say that is that, you know, not only does it have enhanced our channel, the digital um, screens that we've been installing ourselves and some of our counterparts and competitors in our marketplace, but, you know, it continues to deliver that huge reach and new targeting capabilities for our sector. Um, so, you know, the investment in product has been important. I've said we've invested in people. Um, but I think the one thing that maybe some people don't realize about out of home is that, um, you know, we, we deliver value to our clients and to our, our cities by, by investing in them with digital capabilities or classic capabilities. Um, and, you know, we're a unique media channel where 50p in every pound we invest goes back into our communities and infrastructure from out of home. You know, the infrastructure is is supported by the advertising that ourselves and our counterparts and out of home deliver. And in terms of that infrastructure investment, sustainability is very, very important. Um, how has that infrastructure that you've invested in, how is it becoming more sustainable? Obviously, as out of home media becomes more digital, that's more electricity being used compared to your old posters. How are you becoming more sustainable? I mean, it's a bit, it's a, it's a big thing, and obviously very topical, you know, considering what what's happening at the moment um, in all facets of energy. Um, I, I suppose there's a piece of work that's been done by Outsmart, who who is part of the governance for our for our sector. If you look at the consumption of energy in the UK, out of home actually only accounts for 0.04% of the UK's total energy usage. And you know, we've got 26,000 digital screens of in the UK out of home versus 100 million digital screens in the UK. Um, and sometimes I think people forget mobile phones, TVs, and all the other monitors, all digital screens. 
Um, the one thing we are doing as an industry, um, and we certainly are doing this in the UK from a JSCO point of view, is, is um, you know, we, we're making sure that we invest in renewable energy, um, but you know, we're doing everything possible to make sure that our footprint um, doesn't cause any um, unnecessary disruption, maybe that um, some of the other channels or sectors are experiencing. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned footfall. What have you seen um, this year as people have returned to offices more than before, um, as people are going out, as lockdown restrictions have lifted? Uh, obviously, people, you know, we're, we're moving towards a, a hybrid working environment for most people, for a lot of people who work in offices. Uh, are you seeing big changes in terms of where the footfall is? And is that leading to different strategic decisions you've had to make in terms of where kind of your premium screens are in terms of how people are buying outdoor advertising? Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting. I mean, we've seen the audiences pretty much in some environments return even greater than pre-pandemic. You know, the roadside audiences, and I think a lot of people have been using roadside transport more than maybe that you would have used the transport hubs like rail, underground, airlines, etc. But if you look at rail, actually rail is now at 90% of pre-pandemic levels, but it's over 100% on weekends. So mm. people are still, you know, although people have embraced those hybrid working patterns, you know, people are rewarding themselves by going into the cities for those shopping visits, the social and entertainment. Um, but it's interesting, there was, a, there was a study done by the University of Sussex, and actually hybrid workers travel 11% more than a five-day week worker. And that's because they are using their time at various stages to go in and out of cities, meet up with people, because they all want, I mean, I do, we all want those real life experiences and something we discussed earlier about, you know, seeing people face to face. So um, for us, it's a good, it's good showing that maybe people are traveling at various times and different times, but actually the movement, you know, according to the University of Sussex is that, you know, that 11% is a positive for out of home. Yes, we've all had to look at our strategies as a community channel or as a channel we invest in. But, um, you know, we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing the return to audiences and we call that the new normal. I mean, I think if we keep talking about pre-pandemic levels, when will the new normal return? And I see mm. current audiences as the new normal. And then just finally, from a, you know, if we look at Heathrow from where, you know, where we support and work with Heathrow closely, you know, Heathrow is predicting one of the busiest Christmases for travel. Um, and the reason is, is a lot of people have got reward flights still that they have to use, you know, vouchers mm. that they haven't used in the past. So, you know, it might be a bit of the, the revenge of the reward flights, you know, people taking those opportunities to get away while they can. Yeah, obviously hoping we don't have all those um, issues we had earlier this year in the summer with people getting away on the summer holidays and there not being enough people to, to transport the bags and all the support staff. Hopefully those problems don't return. And it's interesting you say about the new normal in terms of people, in terms of audience behaviour. I mean, um, our office is in Covent Garden, right in the centre of London. And even still, you go in on a Monday or Friday and it's sometimes like a ghost town around the Strand and that sort of area. But then if you stick around in the evening, pretty much every evening, every restaurant is packed in the area. And it's not just tourists, it's people who clearly um, are coming in for the evening. So it's very interesting to see how patterns are changing. Um, what, what, looking forward to next year then, at your recent upfronts, you, you brought forward this idea of 
23 being the year of the public screen. Now, what does that mean? I mean, outdoor screens have always been public, haven't they? So what do you mean by that? Yeah, they have always been public. I suppose I suppose there's a few things to look at, and maybe they're not the most positive things to look at in the context, but let me let me let me just share my thoughts. When we were in right in the middle of COVID, the government used our public screens as the media of choice to get messages across to the public. Um, because I think I think you know some people say you can't tell lies in public, or you know you, they trust when they see things on screen, so you can't tell lies in public. So I mean, we see the government as sharing those you know images on bus shelters, digital screens across the country about COVID, um, as 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 a signpost of you know the times that we're going through. Um, and then obviously when Her Her Majesty the Queen passed, unfortunately, um, you know what we did from a out of home say to the messaging you know during the morning and on the, on the routes of, of the funeral procession showed the power of the public screen now what do we mean by the public screen yes they've been there and actually you know it's been there for a very long time as being one of the oldest media channels in the world as we predict that you know footfall will increase in 23 by 20 by seven percent some of that is based on investment of product in the in the out of home sector but um you know more and more people will be moving around we believe in in 2023 um, and it's interesting, if you look at um, a study that we've done or some research and some information we've used from a AI platform called Visitors Insights, um, actually 83% of the UK has at least visited one of the top 60 cities in a month. So that, you know, that mass reach on a small footprint is definitely showing you that you know, people are moving around and the public media of out of home is definitely placed perfectly for that. Um, and I suppose if you look at it even closer to the top 30 cities in the UK, you know, nearly, nearly um, three quarters of the whole population can be reached by just covering those, you know, top 30 cities. And I suppose the reason why that's important is you've got brands that maybe are craving, you know, who are maybe digital first in the way they are set up, but they are create, craving those real world experiences. And I mean, you can see brands like Netflix, Disney Plus, Google, Deliveroo, Just Eat, Spotify, to name a few, you know, using, you know, the public media to create that branding um, and that noise. And I suppose the one I would suggest is, is something that we could point as, as a success is Airbnb. Airbnb said they were going to reduce their precision targeting, their digital targeting on social and digital mm. platforms and do more branding. Um, and there's a recent article released on the 3rd of November by the Wall Street Journal with them indicating what a success it has been for them to invest in more brand rather than focus on a large scale of their revenue on precision targeting. So we see we see that as an opportunity and definitely an opportunity where the public screen out of home can work in synergy and maybe drive increased um, return on the private screen. I'm confused. I thought when the pandemic first happened, everyone was moving out of cities and no one wanted to come back into the office anymore. Um, have, have, you, have you basically found that that hasn't happened to an extent? Um, I think I think something you know we shared in our upfront is is yes, everyone thought that people were just you know running out of these big cities and moving. But if you look at you know, some of the some of the moving patterns and people you know relocating. The average person actually only moves a mile away or up to two miles away from their current residence. That's an average you know, in the UK. So, you know, if you look at that, actually, you know, people aren't moving as far afield as maybe it's perceived or maybe you know, people think they are. So um, it, it's obviously of, a, of an interest to us because, um, you know, we, 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 we can reach people in those, in those cities or, you know, further afield. It's not that we're just in the top 30 cities or the top 60 cities as an industry. 
we're in a lot of cities across the UK. But you know, we definitely we definitely don't see we see the return. I don't think there's ever been a mass exodus from the cities. I think it was in the perception in hybrid working that everyone thought what well, getting out of London or getting out of Manchester, Birmingham, Edinburgh, and going maybe more rural is the way. But the truth and the truth is, if you look at some of the you know the information that you can read, you know, on, on on various on various places is that actually the cities are you know still the same. It's just at your point early on in Covent Garden, some people might only be coming into work at ten or eleven o'clock in the morning and working till five six and then going on in the evening, or some people might be working early and going home in the afternoon and vice versa. So I think that 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 mentality has definitely um, not as rigid as maybe we thought it was during pandemic. Yeah. Okay. And. So predictions for 2023, um, what's going to happen in out of home, not just with JC Deco, but in the in the sector generally, um, what, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think the sector will continue to invest because, as I've said, um, by investing in, 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 in cities and infrastructure, um, you know, 50 billion pound goes back to back to the communities we all live and serve in. And I think what's important is, is, it's not just about putting in a digital screen. So um, we, 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 we invested and um, worked with Manchester recently and we um, installed um, a fair, you know, 60 plus digital screens across, across Manchester. But the thing is we didn't just invest and install these screens just for advertising purposes. Part of it was um, in order to work smarter with and help in Manchester um, within their organization to be a city of difference. Um, and what I mean by that is that although we built a big footprint, we, you know, part of the tender was how we work in a socially impactful way with, with Manchester. So, you know, part of part of what we do is we support the environmental char- charities, we're funding an apprenticeship in their city, um, we're planting six trees per every screen we've put in. That's a hundred percent renewable energy in Manchester. The vehicles are all 100% serviced by electricity. We use rainwater for cleaning our product. We sponsor our homeless coordinator um, and we support the mayor's charity. But something I'm incredibly proud of and, um, and I think a lot of us in out of home do this already or do some of it, but maybe we're not as vocal as we should be and hopefully this will give us some of the platform for it is. But we've also part of Manchester and other cities we're working in, we've installed community hubs. And these community hubs are digital screens, which incorporate public messaging. They've got Wi-Fi capabilities, so offering a service position for people going into the cities. There's charging points. We've got air quality sensors in them. Um, but it perhaps the most important thing, part of them, is they've all got defibrillators in. And these defibrillators have actually been used 330 times since we've installed all these community hubs. So, you know, it's a, we're making the responsible choice. We're investing in the future. Um, and also, obviously, some of these life-saving um, products that we're in, in incorporating in the likes of these community hubs um, are very are, are very functional. Um, and the good news is we're actually trying to educate our staff. 60% of our staff have been trained on how to use a defibrillator. Um, and we're also doing a roadshow across all the key agencies across the UK so everyone understands how to use a defibrillator. Um, but going back to what 2023 looks like, um, we can see growth in, in out-of-home. Um, and that's based on investment in out of home, but also the increase in audiences and the, the nature of, of, of people's patterns, you know, maybe the new normal in cities. Um, we definitely can see that. 
Um, and um, we see our advertising, you know, it seems to be um, fairly buoyant in certain sectors since since 2019, since COVID. Um, but what, what, what we see is, is that we see more brands who are now starting to re realize, like maybe Airbnb, that private media and public media work better together. And you can get the best out of your advertising dollars by investing in both those channels and working smarter together. And yes, everyone always references Burnett and Field 6040. Is that the right model, 6040? Who knows? But we definitely see that there is a benefit to you know, being part of the out-of-home sector, which amplifies your brand even further than maybe just being so precision targeted. Mm. Um, and so, so no fears of a recession. The Bank of England predicts it's going to be quite a long recession into next year. Um, advertising generally is notoriously cyclical with the rest of the economy. There's always fears, Omar, on everything. But we've got a bit, you know, we, we've got a sector that we think can create a difference. Um, look, all sectors have got challenges, you know, click-through rates are down on certain channels. Cookieless future, people have been talking about for a very long time, the iOS impact on Facebook. You know, it's in their recent results, they've mentioned it. Um, you know, I've said the two-screen future works harder together. We believe it does. But brands, you know, brands should still be visible even during recessions. You know, brands still have an importance of being visible during maybe challenging, maybe challenging times. Um, so, yes, I mean, the jungle drums and the Bank of England and everything that's been said is not, is obviously not the news that we all want. But um, we've got through COVID, we've got through previous recessions, um, and I think we can help brands amplify their message during challenging times. And also, I mean, you look at some of the other channels like TV, cost inflation on, you know, their CPMs and, um, you know, Out of Home is a big reach channel, as we've discussed already at a very competitive pricing point. Um, and I suppose it's our, it's our need to continue to show clients the effectiveness of, of out of home and why it's important for them to continue to run their branding and their messaging. You know, our narrative to other brands is continue to invest in your brand because it will pay dividends when the new normal returns. And finally, um, I, I like to ask this question because I think it's important. We, we we always try to kind of find out about how people got into this industry because I think to a lot of people out there, you know, it's it's not always obvious how you get a job working in commercial media. How, how did you get a job in media sales or media more generally? I grew up in South Africa. Um, I was a failed golf professional in the early 90s in South Africa come from a sporting background and love sport. Um, I worked for a family business. My dad ran a manufacturing company, so nothing to do with um, nothing to do with media. I studied a sports, a sports marketing and sales degree. But South Africa was going through um, some challenges in the early 90s. Um, I was lucky enough to have ancestral, British ancestral. My grandparents are originally from Fort William in Scotland. So um, I took the plunge and decided to go traveling with my girlfriend then, who is now my wife. As all, as all people do when they go traveling, they spend their money far too quickly and we ran out of money, so we had to get a job. Um, and I took a job at JC Co as a temporary data capturer into their sales platform. Um, so I joined JCCO in July 1999 as a temp and I've never left. Um, I've been with JCCO Co since then and I've just taken the opportunities that out of home and media have given to me to 
um, invest in me as an individual, but also come up and focus on things that maybe I saw my skill set as being as being the best for me and the business. So my background is trading and commercial in, in JCDCO around the commercial teams and trading teams in the UK for 10, 10 plus years. Um, and then worked my way through the business where I was um, lucky to be made co-CEO in um, 2019, April 2019. However, what we have realized is, and what I've realized is, is we need to make media more accessible to people. Um, and we are doing everything we can to get the youth of the future an opportunity to understand what media is out of home particularly we need new skill sets we need more diversity we need to make sure that you know we we reach the the necessary talent and it's not just about the younger generation it's any generation um, so that's how i fell in media um, i never thought i'd be a poster boy um, but i've been a poster boy for the last 23 years love it but i think now I'm becoming more of a digital poster boy and hopefully we can see um you know that that positive change for our sector in the years to come. Yeah, and um, on that point about making media more accessible, what advice would you have for people who are interested in coming into this industry? What's, that, what's uh, the best way to, to, to the top, to get to the top as you've done? It's, I mean, it, it's something, look, I suppose it's something that I've always, I've always thought of, and as the way I've, I've spoken to my children is, if you want to be in a sector or be part of a sector, what's the worst thing than writing in the old days, maybe, you know, in the 90s, a letter to the CEO saying, I want to be part of your business. You know, we, I think some people go through the way of, they have to go through a recruitment focus, HR structure. I've had two or three people write to me saying, I would like to be part of your business. And guess what? I've let their, I've, I've pushed them to the front of the queue to have a conversation with us because they've taken an interest. I think it might be a brave new world for some of our younger generation and particularly my children to get them to write a letter or speak to the CEO. But I think if I can show that there's an, there's an open two-way communication if you're really interested in, and I think there's no longer a one-size-fits-all. I hate when you go into any business and someone's left and they always go, we need to replace that person. And they replace that person with a like-for-like -like mentality. Um, so, you know, that, 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 that would be my, you know, that's, that's what I've said to my children and, um, and that's what I continue to say to people who join our business. Yeah. Make your own future. Go out and get it. Um, Dallas Wiles, thank you very much for joining the Media Leader Podcast. Omar, thank you for having me. It's been most enjoyable. Thanks again for listening to the Media Leader Podcast. And there's more of where that came from on our website. The-media-leader.com is our website. You can sign up to our daily newsletter in the UK and weekly roundup of media in the US. You can also find us on YouTube where we are posting video interviews and clips from our live events, our LinkedIn page where people like to comment on the things that we're posting and Twitter where all our stuff is pretty much pumped out like a beautiful fountain of media industry content. That's it. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.